This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Hey, good Saturday morning to you. Ready to go again. We are officially into the month of April. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> it's going by way too fast. Three months already in the bag for 2022. Springtime is officially upon us. I mean, and you can tell that plainly here in Kansas after, oh, I don't know, we had a week of snow and thunderstorms and 80-degree weather all in like the same two- to three-day period. That's when you know in Kansas that springtime is officially here. So welcome into the program. Great to have you along today for the ride this morning, getting you up and moving like we do every single weekend. We have a lot to get to today, a lot to talk about, a lot of things going on, especially here in the state of Kansas. Boy, now that the state legislative session is getting close to wrap up for the year, they are ramming things through left and right and some really interesting things. We have a parent's bill of rights with you uh, having a say with your public education system and with your kids' education. That's kind of awesome. A lot of scrutiny came from that one, obviously, because the other side of the aisle, they just don't want you to have any type of voice in the public education system. They kind of really do go along with the Terry McAuliffe view, which if you don't know who that is, that was the candidate for governor out of the state of West, uh, was it Virginia? Yeah, Virginia, uh, back in November. And it got a lot of scrutiny for saying that really parents should not have a right in any way, shape, or form to what the parent or what the teachers and the school decides to do for curriculum or what they choose to teach. And that's just not going to fly. So Kansas had to make a stand and uh, passing a parent's bill of rights. We'll see if Governor Kelly actually signs something like that. Probably not, because that would go against her idea as an education governor, quote-unquote. But we'll talk about that coming up in a little, little bit here. Plus, we have a transgender bill as well when it comes to transgender uh, education and athletics. And uh, that goes again to the governor's desk. That one probably going to be vetoed as well. And coming up short for the veto-proof override that we need with the number of votes. Also, we have a COVID liability in, um, immunity bill that's going on with uh, liability on the vaccinations. Is that right? Is that wrong? we get to all that and more as we go through the program today. Bottom of the hour, we have Michael Austin. He is with the Kansas Policy Institute. He was a former financial advisor to the Brownback administration, and he's also candidate for state treasurer in the state. Wonderful guy, great friend. We'll look forward to having him on here in just about 20 minutes from now on the program. Hour number two, Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, State Representative from District 100 here in the Wichita area. He'll be in studio to talk a little bit about some legislative updates of what's going on. And the bottom of next hour at 1030, Dr. Devin Verana, Lighthouse Chiropractic. Uh, Love having her on the program. She has her annual uh, event coming up called The Big Idea, and we'll talk about what that is, when it's coming up next weekend, and some of the details of that event. So looking forward to chatting with her as well, which means if you want to call into the program, now's the time to do so. I'd love to hear from you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the show, we'd love to hear from you. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Make sure to check them out. They're open in just about 20 minutes from now until 2.30 this afternoon, also online at philscoins.com. Lots of we want to talk about as well, not just in the state of Kansas, but all around the world as well. Because, of course, the biggest news of the entire day that you need to be prepared for is, of course, 
uh, well, I mean, Will Smith and the fact that he's dropping out of the Academy. So therefore, he is no longer uh, viable to receive any more Oscars after this because of the great event that happened last weekend. I mean, he's trying to get ahead of the thing now, so he's officially dropped out of the uh, the union, I guess it is, the Actors Union of the Academy, and uh, yeah, no, will not be able to receive any Oscars any longer because of him dropping out, but with the disciplinary committee looking to see what to do with Will Smith, of course, I know for you, that was the most important issue of the entire week. People are still talking about this uh, later on in the week, which I find hilarious. Some say it was staged, some say it was not staged with him slapping Chris Rock, obviously with him dropping out and making an emotional speech about why he's dropping out shows that I don't think it was staged uh, for the ratings, but it definitely was not his best moment, and he's kind of an idiot. So uh, there you have it. You have Will Smith and Chris Rock uh, rocking it with the the Oscars from last weekend. Also, Jen Psaki is planning on stepping away from communications uh, director for the White House as she plans to take a role with MSNBC. This is typical for a communications director from the White House or a spokesperson from the White House to go into media in some way, shape, or form, but usually not to leave in the middle of the administration unless they're just not able to handle the situation, which circle back Saki, where she has no clue what she's doing, and she's very snarky with the media. She already has her pre-planned speeches for the media when she does her press uh, press conferences at the White House. Would uh, be expected. For her to not be able to handle it much longer and be able to go on to the media to, you know, make a few bucks and do a show and or be some type of contributor to MSNBC. And if that's the best they have, then bring it on because the Democrats, they're a little weak in their leadership right now. And if that's all they have, then all the power to them. So we'll get to all that and more throughout the program today. I do want to take some phone calls as well. Oh, also, I almost forgot. We will be giving away, starting today, we will be giving away some tickets, and we'll be doing it for the next couple weekends for the concert leading up uh, in, what is it, April 28th on a Thursday. It's a big show. It's funny. We get tickets to give away for rock concerts, so they give it to me because you. we know that you love those rock concerts. So we're not giving them away yet, but stay tuned in. We'll do it throughout some of the program today. But Shinedown coming up uh, with the Pretty Reckless. It is the Revolutions Live Tour. It's going to be Interest Bank Arena coming up on Thursday. April 28th, and we have tickets for that, and we'll give those away here throughout the program today. So stay tuned in for that. Going to be a heck of a lot of fun because we're the rockers here on KQAM, and we love to give away some tickets. I I have to admit, I was a little rough last week. Was it last week? I think it was. No. It was the week, a week before that. It was two weeks already. Good golly. But I uh, went to go see Slipknot. And, yeah, that was a fun one. They were one of those where I, I listened to them in high school. I thoroughly enjoy them. I kind of faded away from them for a little bit, started to come back recently. And I was like, heck, you know what? It would be fun just to go see a Slipknot concert, just to say you've been to a Slipknot concert. Well, ended up losing my voice insanely bad and got insanely sick over the last week, largely because I just, I uh, ended up just, just wearing myself out. And they played all of their old stuff, and it was like the nostalgic concert, and it was amazing. And I tell you what, they put on about an hour-and-a-half presentation, and Corey Taylor, the lead singer for Slipknot, knows how to be just an entertainer and knows how to be just a great musician and just keep everybody fired up. So that was a lot of fun. It was Mrs. Voice of Reason's first ever metal concert 
Yeah, to go see Slipknot. So that was a great one to kind of, uh, you know, break that seal and just introduce her into the metal scene. So she's excited now. We're going to be taking her to some more concerts. But I am calming down from the Slipknot concert. And now the fact that we have uh, some great performances coming to Wichita. We have some great shows lined up in whatever type of genre. You got the country stuff, you got the rock stuff, you got the hip-hop stuff, whatever. The fact that venues are opening back up again, the fact that concerts are coming back again, the fact that things are warming up again, I am so excited. COVID is done. I don't care. We're moshing. We're jumping around. We're having a good time. And uh, it's all coming back to the Wichita area. So the fact that that's happening now makes me very, very happy. I've already purchased tickets to like three new upcoming shows already. Uh, lined up throughout this summer. So going to be some great stuff. Really excited about it and uh, glad that you're with us here this weekend as well to kind of kick off your weekend now that uh, the things are starting to warm up, get back into gear. Maybe you're heading out to outside to enjoy a little bit. Maybe you're going to go camping or fishing or go to the lake or do something because why the heck not? It's supposed to be in the mid-60s today. Let's do it. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Let's go to the phones. The phones are lit up across the board. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Andy, it's Sean. Sean, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, you hear about that? You hear about this new breakfast cereal out there? Uh, no, I have not heard of a new breakfast cereal. It's called Weenies, the breakfast of female athletes. <laughs> ah, there we are. That's going to be a fun conversation, uh, I'm assuming, coming up here soon. These, uh, I'm glad that Kansas legislature is starting to handle this issue, yet it's a conversation that needs to be had in society because apparently uh, we now have a hard time deciphering between male and female in sports. Well, okay, first of all, I I heard, uh, I heard about that yesterday morning on the uh, Glenn Beck show. They were uh, talking about the, uh, that, that, uh, that transgendered thing that that one uh and beat a bunch of women and swimming or something like that and uh of course then you got all of this uh uh some big uh, uh to do with uh at disney world and uh involving the uh the homosexuals who are out to destroy disney just like they destroyed the boy scouts mm-hmm. uh I, man i'm so sick of this crap dude i mean this it's like it came out of nowhere all of a sudden, but it really it did. It's been building this way for a long time, but yeah, know, it's been lingering. Uh, it's been lingering in society for a while, but the fact that it's come out now is is really interesting. You're right. Um, this is a good conversation to have. I mean, Disney. How many people, show of hands, are going to be stopping support of Disney, either going to Disney parks uh, like Disney World or Disneyland or canceling their Disney Plus subscription or even ESPN or every other affiliated news outlet that Disney actually owns or any other streaming service that Disney actually owns because they're a major corporation when it comes to movie production uh, and entertainment. But is it going to be enough for disney to change their tone on this issue or are they so big that they just don't give a crap and they they now feel that they need to be the woke activists and we're going to start seeing lgbtq disney characters coming out as lead characters and we're going to start seeing a big quote-unquote woke push from disney with a lot of their stuff that they're coming out with uh is that going to impact people to want to support them and will that be enough for them to change their mind well i don't think uh they'll change their mind until uh until the uh, the institution, uh, until uh, Walt Disney's vision is destroyed. So um, I don't know how you 
I don't know how you could possibly stop something like this uh, unless the sky opened up and uh, Jesus' face appears. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot of people on their faces uh, begging to uh, change their ways, you know. Um, yeah. I well, wouldn't, uh, if I had children, I wouldn't take them to Disney World. I'd say sorry, you know. I'll build you a theme park in the backyard, but I wouldn't take them to Disney World. And as far as the old uh, cartoons that I saw growing up, you know, like, Lady in the Bimbo Tramp and uh, a Dumbo and uh, whatnot. Um, yeah, I'd let them watch those old uh, those old movies. But uh, nah, nah. Uh, Disney World, I'm afraid, is the cat's out of the bag and you can't get it back in. I don't think that's that's going to change unless the uh, shareholders raise seven kinds of hell you might see something but uh i don't yeah. know man you'd have to have about 10 million people show up outside the uh front gate and demand they put a uh stop to this wokeism crap and that, that's now infected um uh, disney well, yeah, i've been worried about yeah it's all good it's all gonna be the numbers it's gonna be the numbers it's gonna be the revenue i mean disney Again, they're so big that, you know, are they to the point to where they don't care about the customer service, they don't care about the quality, they don't care about the content. It's all about the activism driven because they're so big they don't have to worry about it. Uh, so it's going to go one of two ways. Either enough people are going to cancel their subscription to Disney Plus and stop going to the uh, stop going to the park and stuff, which I, I got to be honest, you're right. I don't know that enough people will do that because there are so many people in society that just don't care uh, where their money goes on, what the stance is of the business, and they have uh, really that lack of principled decision-making on where their money actually goes and where they actually spend their time and their quality uh, their quality of life. They just don't care, so will it be enough? Because, hey, Disney obviously has the princesses, they have the princes, they come out with all the big movies. I mean, when it comes to kids' entertainment, Disney is all of it, whether it's a Pixar movie, whether it's a Disney Works or a, or a DreamWorks movie, Disney has their hands in all of that stuff, which means it's really, really, really hard to get away from that. So either you have to be a dedicated activist to say, no, this really goes against my principles and I'm not going to, uh, or you're still going to be feeding them money in some way, shape, or form. So will enough people actually step away? I, I don't know. I highly doubt it, honestly, to where they can continue to do their thing or... Uh, enough people will make a stand and they will see a major drop in people going to their parks and they'll say, oh, you know what? We're just uh, we're going to change our ways again. So that way we can rewin over the people. But uh, honestly, right now, I don't see that happening because I don't see enough people really taking a stand. And it's yeah, hard. It, it's really hard. I mean, my, my daughter loves Disney. We just went to Disney on Ice when they were in town uh, a few weeks ago, and she loves it. That is her thing. She loves every movie that they come out with. They, she loves the, the Frozen stuff and the Coco and the, uh, the, the new one. What is it? Encanto. Which, uh, I mean, and they're good movies. They're good movies, and I enjoy them myself, uh, watching them as a dad and enjoying watching her enjoy them. It's hard to try to explain to your six, seven, eight-year-old kid, hey, you're not allowed to watch a Disney movie anymore because they're doing bad things. I don't know how you break that to your kids. Well, the, uh, um, yeah, that's, uh, how do you talk about, something like that to a five six seven year old you know because yeah. they don't understand all of this crap they don't they can't process that kind of uh information this is adult stuff yeah and they don't need to even be exposed to it so yeah it, it would be pretty hard to, to to have to uh tell your kid no i'm sorry we we can't go to disney world and you know here's why you'd have to come up with i don't know 
probably find a softer way to do it. Well, I, you got to find sure an alternative. You got to distract them and not really yeah. explain it to them yet and let them grow up a little bit before you can, but just give them an alternative, which I will say the Daily Wire, the drum by Ben Shapiro, he's looking at starting to make kids' movies to try and be a competitor to that and bring some kids' entertainment as well. So, Sean, I appreciate it. I want to get some other phone calls here, but it's a great topic. We threw a lot out there, so you can comment on kind of anything that we want to here. Uh, but it's a great conversation. Will you uh, stop supporting Disney with your kids, if you have kids or grandkids and you have that Disney Plus, is this line to where they're fighting this uh, bill in Florida, which is ridiculous because, you know, obviously they work really close with China for a lot of their funding and a lot of their production stuff. And at the same time, China doesn't treat their kids the best in any way, shape or form. But yet they're upset about a bill that tells teachers that they can't teach them about sexual identity or gender identity in like the third grade which I'm trying my daughter's about ready to wrap up the second grade. She's about that age. And if she came home and said, oh, by the way, the teacher's telling me about her life experiences as a, you know, an LGBTQ member or that I can change genders or am I really a girl? And when, if she comes home and starts asking me those kinds of questions, I'm going to lose my you-know-what because that's insane, especially at her age. That's crazy. So all that bill does is say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be teaching young kids about this stuff. And that's the stand. That's the line that Disney chooses to draw and say that they're going to fight against this stuff. Come on, man. It's kind of crazy. Let's take a break real quick. 23 minutes past the hour. We have some other calls on the line. Don't go anywhere. I want to keep open lines to you going through this. It's a great conversation. Will you continue to support Disney or will you say, you know what, enough's enough and we're going to stop? our subscription to them and stop supporting them financially and see if that makes a difference because we have to stand on principle in some way, shape, or form. Is it enough or will it be enough for Disney to change their minds? That is the question. Lots to get to today. It is a Saturday. It's Candace Talk. We have a heck of a lot to get to. Bottom of the hour, we also have Michael Austin as he'll be coming on talking about some financial stuff, some economic stuff. We'll look forward to chatting with him. He's kind of the expert on some of these things. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what's going on here in the state of Kansas and beyond. Coming up right around the corner, plus your phone calls here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Seven minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Let's go right back to the phones here, shall we? Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm just fine. Uh, this morning you mentioned the Oscars. Yes. And uh, this Will Smith and this Chris Rock deal. <laughs> and now, <clears throat> um, I have had two children, my firstborn and my secondborn, both had cancer. My son was only 17 when he got cancer, mm. and he was in his senior year. And I do remember when he lost his hair, he was in and out of St. Francis many, many times. And I remember going around town uh, with him. He'd always wear a baseball cap because he was self-conscious about his hair, and I'd say, don't be self-conscious. Sure. And my girl had cancer, and she had the same situation and same problem. <clears throat> now, um, the, the, the Oscars and Will Smith and this Chris Rock, now, no one is saying a thing about what Chris Rock said, but you don't go up in front of an audience like that 
and insult a woman who's had a medical condition. That's just plain cruel. But the deal of it is, everybody's coming down on this Will Smith. And this Will Smith, all he was doing was protecting his wife. And I see nothing wrong with what Will Smith did, but I see everything wrong with what Chris Rock did. Chris Rock did. Interesting. Now, like I said, I have lived through it. I've had two children that have lived through it. Nothing about it is funny. Now, thankfully, my son uh, is on the East Coast right now, and he's one of the managers of one of the largest printing companies in the world. In fact, he just uh, texted me and showed me a, they're, they're buying, he and his wife are buying a, almost about a half a million dollar house, which is beautiful. Yeah. And this is a kid that didn't even graduate high school. But the deal of it is, you don't make fun because I hope that's something that you or no one else has to go through, and especially the individual that's going through this because there's nothing funny, and whether people realize it or not, a lot of those people that do lose their hair, they do try to disguise it any way they can, and there's absolutely nothing funny about it. Sure. So uh, yeah. I am with this Will Smith. All good. So, well, so I get it, Frederick. I hate to cut you off. We got a hard break here at the bottom of the hour, but uh, understand your point completely. It's an interesting uh, take on it for sure. We'll talk some more about that when we come back here after the bottom of the hour break. Plus, we got Michael Austin coming up here on the program as well. So appreciate that. Lots more coming up on Candace Talk. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Good Saturday morning to you. Boy, lots to get to you. We threw a lot of stuff out there for the first half hour of the program. We've talked a little bit about Disney, Will Smith, and Chris Rock, which appreciate the call, Frederick. I will say, I will say a little bit in Chris Rock's defense on that issue with what happened. According to Chris Rock in the statement that he made thereafter, he said that he was not aware of the illness that Jada Pinkett Smith had that caused her to lose her hair that he thought it was a fashion statement not uh an actual medical issue and uh, he had apologized for that one and i mean personally i think she looks great without the hair i I think she really pulls it off as a fashion statement as well uh so but he was like i didn't i was not aware it was an illness i didn't know and i'm sorry for that i didn't think it was that bad of a joke honestly i I really didn't i mean just like hey we'll see you in uh uh you know it's it's, uh, the movie and I, i i didn't think it was an issue I didn't think it was that bad of a joke. It wasn't a dig. Just like, hey, you know, yeah, we'll see you, see you in the next movie with the with the cut here. That's kind of cool. And he said he loved her at the beginning of it. I know that they've had, I guess, some drama or some issue between the two families before or not, whatever. The weird part is is that Jada had gone, gone on a podcast in a show just like weeks prior to saying how she had announced her illness and that she it didn't bother her and that she was very uh, she loved the fashion without the hair and that she was like she liked to joke about it and talk about it and it was totally okay for people to talk about it and then they got upset about the joke which I thought was kind of interesting when Will Smith was sitting there laughing about it just seconds before until he realized that he wasn't supposed to be laughing about it went up and slapped Chris Rock so weird situation all around it was dumb that we focused on it so much throughout the week and that so many talk shows talked about it so much throughout the week but uh, again that was my perspective of it was that I personally didn't think it was that funny, you know, that bad of a joke. And uh, he wasn't aware that it was a medical issue. He just thought it was kind of a fashion statement and he apologized for it. 
And uh, Will Smith didn't apologize until he removed himself from the academy officially and said that, uh, you know, he caused some distress and he caused this and that and the other. So, uh, of course, got to be sucked into the drama with the uh, with what's going on in Hollywood. I will say real quickly on the Hollywood thing, the only really news that I cared about coming out of Hollywood this week, honestly, was Will, uh, Bruce Willis stepping down and retiring because of his aphasia and a medical issue that uh, won't allow him to do movies anymore, having trouble speaking, having trouble remembering lines and doing things. I guess he had misfired a, uh, a uh, gun a couple of times on set and couldn't remember what he was doing. So that's unfortunate. He was a great, great actor. He's one of my favorites, uh, one of the great classics with, with Die Hard and with so many other great movies. And he will be missed in Hollywood. I love him to death. He is great. And I'm really sad to hear what he's going through. So thoughts and prayers to his family. That, to me, was more impactful what happened in Hollywood this week as opposed to Will Smith and Chris Rock, because outside of the entertainment value of that, I just don't care. Let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, let's bring it back down to the home front here, talking about Kansas, talking about some statewide issues and national issues as well. With this guy, always love having him on the program as we uh, talk about economic issues. He's a free market economist. He's a scholar. He's a commentator. He's an advisor in so many things as uh, he's working uh, with the parties here in the state of Kansas. It's Michael Austin here on the line with us here. Michael, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, Andy, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to talk to you, my friend. It's been too long since we've had you on the show. Uh, it is a wild, wild time because this has been a crazy year already as we get set for midterm elections. We have 8% inflation floating around this nation right now. We have an energy crisis. We have, like, you know, international, like, wars going on. Man, it's a, it's one of those times where you can't – it's hard to keep your calm and collect when there's a lot of anarchy in the streets. Oh, my goodness. You're exactly right. I mean, just talk about energy, for example. You remember, I think it was a little more than a month ago when gas prices started creeping upward, Joe Biden said he would, what, quote, work like the devil, unquote, to bring gas prices down. I guess he meant that statement literally and not figuratively, (laughs) you know, because we need energy independence. We need more American energy production. But instead, Biden wants to, you know, talk about getting oil from communists and dictators. Gosh, it's an attack on Americans, and I think if it doesn't change, we're going to lose. It's very strange how he's approached this issue. I mean, obviously, he's tried to pass off the blame and say, well, it was because of the war with Russia and the Ukraine that raised gas prices, but gas prices were already on the rise. We went from a buck eighty a gallon when Trump was leaving office to now almost $4 a gallon, uh, to, and that was leading up to uh, slowly, incrementally increasing even before the war between Russia and the Ukraine, and yet he tries to blame it on that. But his response the entire time has been, okay, well, we're not going to stop buying oil from Russia because we need that to, yeah, we'll stop it, but it's going to be in time, and we need to go find and buy it from somewhere else. We're not going to produce it on our own, uh, so that's going to be an issue. And then he turns around and says, well, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to re- get rid of our reserve oil by a million barrels a day, which isn't going to do anything because we consume anywhere from between 22 to 24 million barrels a day, uh, and 40% of that goes into cars and automobiles. But we're going to get rid of a million barrels of oil a day for six months of our federal reserves. Now we're going to try and clamp down the cars as well and actually make the vehicles more uh, efficient by getting up to 48 miles to the gallon, which they're currently sitting at like 28 to 30. He's doing Everything except for what he needs to do, which is to say we're going to be starting to drill oil again and produce you know, energy locally here and domestically. Why can't he say that? Oh, well said, Andy. You know, economist Thomas Sowell, he said that true solutions to problems are often not complicated. Uh, what is complicated is avoiding the truth 
which goes exactly to what you were saying. Um, it's it's the, the answer here is so simple because America was doing it four years ago. You know, when, when, when the Saudis raised oil prices, you know, President Trump deregulated American energy massively, and it allowed uh, American businesses to pick up the slack, leading to the lowest gas prices seen in 2008, right? So, you know, it doesn't matter what excuse Biden is, is throwing out there. We know we can do this because it's been done before. Yeah. But what you're, what he's really doing, obviously, is is dancing between, you know, the AOCs and the climate agenda activists while, you know, I would hope genuinely trying to provide some relief to, you know, uh, American families. But there's only one way that you can really do that to give low-income Americans the relief they deserve, and that's promoting a free market, not this top-down, unfeasible, centrally planned economic climate agenda. Clearly, it's not working and having disastrous consequences. Will the releasing of the million barrels of oil a day actually do anything gas prices? Again, if we're consuming 22 to 24 million a day and he's releasing one, what exactly is that supposed to do? The strategic oil reserves are not meant to provide pressure. Uh, on on gas prices. I think the entire capacity is maybe around 600 million barrels. And I think you're exactly right. Americans consume about 20 uh, million barrels a day. Uh, so, you know, you don't use those reserves to lower gas, uh, to lower oil prices. You, you use those reserves to use so that you can use the oil. Um, that's not going to have any effect on the price any way, shape, or form. So what it really is, is just a distraction, um, a distraction from the policies that he's putting in place so that you know, his poll numbers don't drop down any further and doesn't ruin Democratic chances during the midterms. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's really funny. Now, at the same time, uh, apparently the response is as well. Uh, Pete Buttigieg said it best, the Secretary of Transportation, where when we talked about trying to produce oil again here to become uh, efficient and actually become, you know, uh, independent again on our energy, he said that we don't want to create a permanent solution to a temporary issue regarding what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine, meaning we need to push the system to the point to where the gas is so high that every American should just consider buying a $60,000 electric vehicle as opposed to trying to deal with purchasing $8 gallon gas, because that would be way more economically efficient for us. To, I mean, come on, all of us can just afford a $60,000 electric vehicle now. That's just what we need to do. You know, as much as they want to plug their ears and sing a song, fossil fuels are just not going away. I mean, even their own uh, administration, the Energy Information Administration, they have projections that show that by 2050, fossil fuels will provide, what, 75% of U.S. energy. Yeah. That's four times uh, more than renewables. So I think the economics are clear. These things just don't work. And so I think a free market, a free energy market is the only solution that gives Americans the relief that they deserve. Um, every energy source should be able to compete with each other. So that's oil and gas versus renewables versus others. Maybe some technology will be developed. That that's not here yet. And that's kind of how the American economy works is through that beauty of American innovation. And just because you have a plan up in the White House, all that means is that you're going to throw those plans to waste. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Michael Austin, free market economist, scholar, commentator. You can find him on the Tweety at KS Economist, and you can follow all the great stuff he's doing there. Let's talk about some economic issues for a second here. Yesterday, two days ago, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was caught walking outside of the Capitol, and they were talking about the low approval ratings of Joe Biden on what he needs to focus on. And she made this comment talking about where she he's looking at the wrong people it's not the independent moderate voters that are swinging him one way or the other but it's the young voters that haven't been taken care of because all we need to do is just get rid of student loan debt for americans Joe Biden doesn't take executive action on student loans and on climate 
How dangerous do you think Democrats are headed into the midterms? Well, I mean, I think we have to ask ourselves what realistically are we accomplishing as a team and as a collective between now and November. And I think that the president has an extraordinary amount of options at his disposal that he has not yet exercised. And um, his ability to do that is, is going to be critical. Uh, we see right now Folks may think that uh, that these are kind of independent swing voters that are contributing to his polling and, and whatnot. It's actually young people who have not really been served. Uh, their priorities were in BBB, which uh, Senator Manchin has essentially uh, stalled, and you know, uh, student loan debt uh, and significant forgiveness of student loan debt is what the president can do to serve them. I mean, apparently we just need to write off $1.7 trillion of the economy with student loan debt, and uh, all of a sudden we just have a brand new base of Democrat voters. That is the millennials, if you just forgive that. Like, that won't harm the economy at all, will it, Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah, it will. <laughs> I mean, uh, the ultimate issue with this, you know, uh, with this forgiveness for, for student loan debt is that you're basically taking taxpayer dollars from hardworking Americans and you're giving it to people, right, um, who will, who will of course, uh, work and pay off their student loan debt. You know, if you look at the distribution of those who have student loan debt, it's not really, you know, the, the, the starving artists, you know, um, at, at universities while they're most certainly there. It's the lawyers. It's the doctors. It's, it's whoever is going in for those degrees um, that does accumulate a lot of debt. And so it's a big transfer to the most wealthy. So if you want to create a regressive policy, I think AOC is, is, is giving you a great explanation of why uh, forgiving student loan debts is the worst type of policy to help out the poor. That's insane. They, she takes it to another level, though. In her next audio bit, she talks about how uh, they do, Biden doesn't even need congressional approval to write off $1.7 trillion of student loan debt, how he could do it through executive action and how she he doesn't even need Congress to do it and why he's not using that executive authority in order to wipe off this stuff. Like, I don't think she even understands the duties of Congress and the separation of powers here, does she? Well, most leftists don't. You know, facts <laughs> don't really matter. What really matters is the narrative. What really matters is the rhetoric. And it's not a surprise that AOC, just like any other, you know, uh, a far leftist that we've seen in the last couple of years, are so willing to go through, you know, um, unconstitutional means to get the policies that they want, right? They go through all these other means that they never have to ask the American public, you know, uh, for their opinion. It's why they want to pack the Supreme Court. It's why they want to push all these executive orders uh, through the presidential office or through a regulatory agency. They know that their policies and their principles won't be approved by the American public, and so they're trying to work around it. But that also means that they're working around the Constitution, and that's why we shouldn't tolerate this at all. It's unbelievable. Last couple of minutes here before we have to let you go. It's uh, Michael Austin. Find him on the Tweety at KS Economist. You can see some of the stuff. Let's talk about Candace here for a second. We're dealing with 8% inflation rates across the nation. It's only going to get worse, not to mention the gas prices that are high right now, not to mention everything else that's crazy expensive. Uh, your thoughts on hearing Candace, what we can do to try and relieve some of that or how we can at least try and work through this crap until we get it back on track. Bloated government got us into this mess 
fixing bloated government, limiting it, will get us out. Um, because in Kansas, we're seeing a, a bit of a microcosm of all the issues that's happening at the national level. We want to talk about inflation and how it's a tax on the on the working poor. Well, here in Kansas, thanks to inflation, Kansas wages have fallen in nine of the last 12 months. Uh, when we look at, let's say, uh, the economy, right, the overall state economy, I think Kansas was the 11th slowest growing state in all of 2021. And gosh, there was even a new study by the moving company, United ban lines uh, that had the uh, free state as the 11th highest departed state in 2021. I mean, this all just goes to show that at least under Governor Kelly's leadership of the economy, it is not sunshine and rainbows. We're still in the doldrums and we still need to get out. And I think one way we fix that is by pulling back on the record setting largest budget in Kansas state history. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The fact I did see that story as well, that we were in the top uh, top 20 for sure, the 11th on, on people moving out of the state. That's not good. I saw a graph just a couple of weeks ago uh, on social media as well about the average age uh, medium by county in the state. The vast majority, especially in the rural communities, the vast majority of that average age is like 60, 70, 80 years old. Yes. You know, that, that United Van Line study, um, it pointed to two reasons why people were leaving. One was better economic opportunities. They, they had better job opportunities outside the state. And then two, they wanted a better life after they retired. So that feeds exactly into, you know, the reason why individuals 65 years of age and older are leaving Kansas. We're still taxing Social Security. We're still property tax, taxing people out of their homes. It's just getting increasingly, you know, harder to live here. And, you know, if America Americans, or excuse me, if Kansans can't get it done, you know, through the legislature or through the governor, they're just going to make it, you know, done through their own feet and move out of the great state. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Michael Austin, we're out of time, my friend. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. We got to get you back on the show again here real soon. Oh, yes, please do. It was great being here. Hey, always a pleasure. It's Michael Austin. You can find him online, KS Economist on the Tweety, free market economist there, Michael. We always appreciate that time very much, my friend. We'll get you back on the show again soon. All right, I don't want to waste any time here. We got to get ready to wrap up hour number one, but we have some concert tickets to give away because that's just what we do on this program. Shine Down, Interest Bank Arena, Thursday, April 28th. It's going to be a heck of a show with the Pretty Reckless. Let's do this, baby. Let's give us a call, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Caller number two right now, we'll get you set up with a couple tickets for Shinedown, Interest Bank Arena. Going to be a heck of a rock show. Get your mosh pit on, baby. That's the way we roll right here on Candace Talk on KQAM. We're talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online, aarp.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. You can also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Glenda's back on the line with us today. Glenda, how are you? 
I am doing well, Andy. Thank you. Thank Very you. good. Oh, yeah. Always good yeah. to talk with you. We always talk a lot about the Fraud Watch Network. We talk about a lot of scams that are going on and the uh, fraud that potentially could happen, which is always a cause for concern. But we uh, don't usually spend a lot of time to talk about the after effects of victims of fraud on what it does to them. And you guys have a program on some of the great support for individuals who may have been affected by some type of scam or fraud, don't you? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank you, Andy. And it's really, uh, as you said, we realize that there's a lot of fraud victims and the financial toll that they experience, that's just really only one part of it. But nearly two out of three of those victims also suffer a significant health or emotional impact. So, And that's according to some of the research that we have uh, done. So we wanted to be able to provide some type of emotional support for the fraud victims. So in order to address this, uh, Reality, AARP, Fraud Watch Network, and the Volunteers of America developed a free program to provide emotional support for people that have been affected by fraud. That particular uh, program is called uh, AARP, BOA, REST. And the REST stands for Resilience, Strength, and Time. And this particular program features small groups whose participants are led in discussions by one or more trained peer facilitators. So that's an awesome, awesome way to do this. And it's online, and there are long sessions, so it won't take a lot of your time. But what they will do is they will help to reestablish your trust, integrate your experiences and what you had to deal with, and build back your resilience. Uh, despite a difficult and painful occurrence, because these can be very, very uh, difficult for people to experience. And so you can do those, and the discussions are confidential, and you can also um, welcome to attend more one, one or more sessions, however many you like, and you can also invite someone else to participate in that situation or in that um, setting with you. So that's, that's a very good way that we think will really help to um, eliminate some of that emotional stress that people are suffering. Yeah, it's a great program because we don't usually think about the emotional distress on whether you've lost family members, whether you've lost a lot of money, whether you've lost uh, integrity, really, and, uh, and dignity for some individuals. I mean, it's a, it's a really emotional toll when you become a victim of fraud. It is, and we don't want really for people to let that define them. We know that it is can truly be devastating, but we don't want it to uh, define them. So what they can do in order to get more information about that and to learn about the free, that's this free program and also to register because they would need to be able to register to attend. Number one, remember that they're not alone, but if they can also go to uh, www.aarp.org slot fraud support. And there they will learn more about it and be able to register for this awesome program. I love it. AARP slash fraud support. And you can check out some yes. of that information, get signed up and have someone help you if that's something that is bothering you, uh, which is wonderful, wonderful opportunity for you there. Uh, at the same time, we are still seeing now that springtime's happening. I'm assuming there's a pickup in some certain types of fraud across the state, too, isn't there? Yes. Yes, there are. The uh, other thing is that, you know, even, for example, like the bad weather that we're having and the storms we're having last night, we still need to be aware of those kinds of uh, scams that are out there, the disaster repair or, you know, after storm repair type scams that are out there. So we really want people to know that in these extreme weather situations to be aware that uh, not 
to be aware of those contractors who come to help them. You need to be able to trust your your, uh, contractors. So what they can really do is to really look for and ask for more bids from multiple contractors before starting any work. And then also only pay no more than a third of the cost of that um, that work that they will do. And do that only after they have received the materials. So there's really some ways that they can help to um, alleviate some of those scams. So if you hear about a um, – that will help them to become fraud fighters. we got just about a minute left here. We're talking with Glenda with the yes. AARP. Talk about what else is going on with the Fraud Watch – not just the Fraud Watch Network, but just AARP with all the webinars, all the great information you guys have. Right. Well, with the Fraud Watch uh, Network, always reach out to AARP and our Fraud Network Fraud Watch Network um, to uh, learn more about the, the uh, scams that are out there. But we also have uh, our virtual events that are going on. We really want people to know about an opportunity to sign up for our virtual um, um, trivia games. We need volunteers, and they can actually uh, email Andy Bozart. That's A B O Z A R T H. A Bozart at AARP.org here in Kansas, and she'll be able to connect them. That's one thing we're really looking for. And then we're still having all of our um, uh, Friday night concerts and all the other um, movies for grown-ups, those fun activities that are virtual for everyone to enjoy right now. I love it. So much great information at AARP.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Lots of great information. Glenda, we appreciate it. Let's do it again next week. All right. Thank you so much, Andy. And you take care. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome into Kansas Talk. It's hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Boy, oh boy. Got a lot of stuff going on today. A lot of things to talk about. A lot of things going on. Thanks again to Michael Austin coming on the program the last half hour. Uh, we also, by the way, did get our winner today for the Shinedown concert. Don't worry. We will do it again next weekend. We have plenty of tickets. We'll uh, give a pair away each weekend. I don't know another conservative political talk radio program that gives away concert tickets to a metal show. But, hey, you know what? My biggest pride was being able to give away tickets to an Amata Marth concert a few years ago. So <laughs> if we can do that, we can give away Shinedown tickets, and we'll do another one next weekend. So stay tuned in for that one. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you today. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. They are officially open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. You can go and check them out for all your gold and silver needs. And I will say that if you are looking for gold and silver, Phil Martinez is like the only guy in the region, not just the city or the county or the state, but the region that actually has it on hand because he's a smart guy, knows how to get it in hand uh, for you, and he has that inventory. So if you want gold and silver, he's the place to go. Bottom of the hour, we have Dr. Devin Verana, Lighthouse Chiropractic. She has her annual event coming up here next weekend called The Big Idea, Holistic Health, Holistic Medicine, Ways to Get You Back on Track, Ways to Get Away from the Pharmaceuticals. It's an awesome event. I can't wait to chat with her coming up in just a little bit. 
in about 20 minutes from now. This half hour, super happy to have this guy back in studio with us, and I really appreciate his time very much as the fact that he got in really early this morning after a really late event last night, kind of wrapping some stuff up up in Topeka for the uh, legislative session, but from District Number 100, House Majority Leader from right here in the Wichita area, Mr. Dan Hawkins. Dan, good morning, sir. Good morning, Andy. I'm a little bit on the tired side. This I can morning. imagine. You guys uh, had a fun night last night, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We went till about 1.40 and... Oh, man. Uh, the Senate adjourned right after we did and uh, got home and uh, got, got to the apartment, got me a couple hours of sleep, and then drove in here so I could be here with you today. Back up and at it. Well, I appreciate that. That's dedication right there. We love having you on here. What was the conversation? What was the hot topic going on there? You know, we had a, a couple of big items last night. Uh, actually, yesterday was kind of filled with some hot items. I would say one of the first uh, and, and one that, that a good share of our members really – uh, was we're waiting on to get there, and that's the women's sports issue. Mm. Um, it, it did get it a, quite a bit of debate. I thought uh, I thought our side uh, did very well at framing the issue, and and we got a pretty big vote. I can't remember what the vote was, but it was it was up in the eighties. Um, so, wow! So it passed uh, almost a majority yeah. amount. Yeah, but you know, with uh, with with what's happening today, especially with the. Uh, the uh, transgender uh, swimmer and and there's just a lot of stuff happening and so it's it's it was a timely issue and one that that really uh, you know bode well. We do know that it's going to get vetoed by the governor. Sure. And then will we have you know the two thirds majority to be able to override her? That's going to be a tough one. Uh, so we may not be able to override her, but we still we still pass it out of both sides and 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 we certainly made a statement with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, what I love about you guys, especially uh, with the Republicans and with our is our legislatures, when there's major issues going on nationally, that you guys are on top of it. And you make sure that we have clear definitions, that we have clear laws here, that we have clear freedom, that we put protections in place before even we need to or the issue maybe even arise in the state that we already have kind of that built-in safety net. And you guys have done that with uh, the education stuff, with uh, I want to get into in a minute with the Parents' Bill of Rights, uh, with this uh, transgender athletics bill going on. Uh, the fact that you guys are on top of this stuff, I really, really appreciate. And I think a lot of people do as well. Sure. Well, another big uh, another big deal that happened yesterday is we had a uh, a tax bill uh, had twenty nine provisions in it. So there was actually twenty nine different issues out there dealing with property tax to income tax. Um, got into some some sales tax exemption and, and sales tax credits, um, and it and it went from from individual to businesses. So that was a huge tax package. Uh, about ninety, uh, about ninety million in cuts sure. uh, for different segments. Uh, a lot of it was on the property tax. There's gonna people will see a difference in their property tax a year from now. Sure. Uh, so that was a that was a huge, uh, huge, actually bipartisan. It, it wow. got massive votes, well over a hundred votes. Wow, very uh, good. So even the Democrats wanted that just like we did. Uh, election season, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, you think so? Always, uh, so <laughs> So I've uh, I've said this many times over the last three months that uh, the governor is in election mode. And, yes. And literally she has moved to the right thinking that she's going to be able to lure some of the Republicans away and be able to retain her governorship. And, and I just don't and see it happening. God, I hope not. I mean, we've had four years of her. I, I, I'd hate to think about having another four years. It'd be 
It'd be horrible. It would be disastrous. Yeah. As you guys talk about the the financial bills, some of the budget bills, where are we when it comes to that uh, sales tax on food? I know that she's kind of stolen that messaging from Derek Schmidt and just what you guys have been doing for the last however many years. I mean, how many times yeah. did she stop it as a state senator and as governor? But now that's what she wants to do. Uh, is it going to happen this year? Uh, it, it will. Yeah, it the, will. Uh, th- there was interest. There was a lot of different scenarios that were laid out for a sales tax. You know, the, you know she, she came out and wanted a full repeal. Uh, cost us about $600 million to do that. N- probably not really as physically responsible as she says she is. Sure. Uh, and, and, in fact, you can never have a total repeal because you still have um, your local sales tax and, and county sales tax, so city and county sales tax uh, on food. So that wouldn't actually go away like she says. So AXA tax, that's just her. She's... She's actually been pretty good at her messaging, uh, and and you got to. Well, yeah, when that. you're stalking people in the grocery stores, yeah, you do a really good job of getting that message out there. <laughs> but uh, but so realistically, that was never going to be the case. So w- what we did do, though, uh, and this happened just a couple of days ago in conference, uh, they showed that if she two years ago, if she wouldn't have vetoed that sales tax bill that we had back then on food, sure. the one where we used the, the internet sales tax to ratchet down the food sales tax, sure. we would be at 1.5% right now. Wow. Of course. If, if she wouldn't have done that. Down because, 5%. Yes. From six and a half down to one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. So, so I'm sure she didn't like that. Sure. Uh, the, the final package that came out and we were hoping to get to it last night but you have to understand the dynamics of the legislature. We'd been there a long time yesterday, and at about one thirty, we had a pretty good you've squabble. Had, you've had enough, yeah. We've had, we had a pretty good squabble. Tempers were flying. People were getting mad. Wow. And so we just shut it down. And we, But we really wanted to get to that sales tax. So that'll come at veto. But here's what it is. Basically, we'll start out in year one, uh, which would be this next year, taking it down to 4%. Year two, two percent. Year three, zero. Wow. So it's actually going to go pretty quick. It will. It'll go fast, but it also gives us a little bit of protection. Because I'm telling you, a recession's coming. Sure. We just don't know when it's when it's going to happen, and recessions can be devastating to a state's uh, revenue. And so we wanted to be responsible and say, let's ratchet this down over a period of time. So if something does happen, like right. a, a real bad recession. We haven't put ourselves in a bind to where we have to raise it back up. Right. We could just flat. We could just stay flat for a year or two. Sure. And then and then uh, start back. And so, then keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Now, speaking of, with concerns of a recession, I mean, when uh, Brownback left office, and we've talked about this before, I mean, we had close to a billion dollars in a safety net. Everything was cranking. When Governor Kelly came in, that went away, and we spent the money on I don't know what. We expanded programs. We did other things. Where are we with that safety net? Now, with that COVID relief money that came in, I know you guys have talked about uh, it's uh, not only talked about uh, trying to pay on capers to try and keep that down so we don't have to reamortize on that one as well, but do we have a safety net back in place again? Yes, we do, and that's a great question. So many, many years ago, probably back either in my first or second year up there, uh, we, we, we passed a law uh, that, that instituted a um, rainy day fund. We call it rainy day fund. Sure. The actual name of it is a budget stabilization fund. Okay. But rainy day fund sounds easier. No, right. Yeah. Uh, so we did that, but we never, ever funded it. Uh, this year we will put about a half a billion dollars in that rainy day fund. Okay. We've put over a billion, I think it's a billion one point something. Uh, so let's just call it a, uh, 1.1 billion into the capers to take care of 
$1.1 billion worth of unfunded liability, which raises our funding ratio up to 80% finally. Wow. Uh, we st- when I got there, we were at about 56%. When this, when this is done, we'll be at about 80, 80%. 80.1% is what it'll be. Fantastic. Uh, so with those spins, and then we'll have probably somewhere, I, I don't know, maybe re- around 500 or 400 million in tax. Sure. Um, um, targeted tax relief when we're all finished. Uh, when you add all that up, we're going to have about a $900 million ending balance. Okay. Uh, which is high for sure. us. I mean, we, a lot of times we're down around a hundred, 200 million. <laughs> so having, having that, but we've also set ourselves up with this rainy day fund and also paying down that, that debt, uh, in capers. Good. So, so it's, it's been a, re- we've really done the responsible things with our money this year. Sure. Uh, expanding or the, the size of the budget growing a little bit, going it down is. a little bit or what's it no, look like? It's, it's, it's growing in the, the, but, but I think that you also did a really good job of kind of holding in, you know, one of the things that we've spent a lot of time this year on the budget is, is, is our state employees really are way underpaid when you look at the market. Sure. And so it's a lot of times it's hard for us to keep our employees. Once they find something in the private sector, they're going to leave. They're gone, yeah. Because they can make 20, 30, 40% more. And so we did a 5% across the board increase in pay. That, so that, that's a big spend. Sure. That's a huge spend. Um, I think it will help us out a lot. And there are certain areas where we really need it, corrections. Um, the, those corrections officers move in and out. If we can pay them a little bit more, I think maybe we can stabilize that. Uh, that area, highway patrol, we would need to keep those. And then we've got our, our state hospitals. Uh, all of those are 24 hour, seven, 24 seven operations. And, and we, we really tried to take care of them and make sure that we can hold on to those employees. It costs money to do that. And, yeah. and so our spend did go up and I can't tell you what the actual percentage was. Uh, it's probably somewhere, I would say probably somewhere in the six or 7%. Okay. Uh, but most of it comes from the increased uh, pay that we've that we've given our employees. Sure. Well, uh, it, like you said, it's I don't like growing the size of government, yeah. but being able to stay at least competitive to where you're not having a constant, you know, rotating door of training and getting new people in that makes it kind of difficult to keep things even efficient. Which I know government and efficiency is not two things that we hear in the same yeah. word, but if we can keep it as efficient as possible, that's the way to do it. And we actually <laughs> lowered the FTEs. Um, mm. and it's somewhere around 60 FTEs lower than what it was. Sure. Um, so even though we, we, we didn't grow people, but we did grow budget. The budget went up just because of the pay raises. Gotcha. So. Very good. We're talking with uh, Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, District Number 100 from here in the Wichita area. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about what you guys did last night with the sports gambling bill and uh, where that one's at right now, plus some COVID stuff. Where are we at with some of the COVID and uh, COVID protections? Again, some of the vaccine stuff that'll perfectly segue into Dr. Devin Verana, bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the big idea, her event coming up here in just a little bit as well. Lots more to get to. This is a cranking Saturday here on Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. If you want to call in, comments, questions, we'd love to hear from you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. It's Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM.
Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning here on Kansas Talk, trying to cover all the grounds, what's going on in our state legislature. You guys are off for, what, a good three weeks or so now? Three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Boy, it flew on by. We've... Uh, can't believe it's already the beginning of April and you guys are already wrapping up and so much stuff. Now, last night, as you mentioned, you guys were there till almost two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and as you mentioned, it got kind of heated. The biggest issue right now has been the sports gambling bill here in the state. A lot of other states have uh, legalized sports gambling. Candace, you guys are working on it right now. Uh, but what was the conversation? What was uh, what was the holdup and what, what actually happened with it? So. So it passed, this, the sports gaming bill passed uh, earlier on in the week uh, for the first time. Um, it went to the Senate. They put it in conference. The conference committees met yesterday three or four times, kind of hammering out a deal. We finally got to it at about 10 o'clock last night. And probably the biggest hang-up, if you read that bill, uh, and, and I don't get this, why this was a hang-up, but it was Henry Helgerson who made a big deal of it. And I don't know if you know Henry, but Henry, he was my former rep when I was here in town. Yeah, yeah. he's a loudmouth. Uh, <laughs> he he loves to go up there. He literally goes up there and yells, does stupid wow. stuff. Uh, he even tried to adjourn session last night. He tried it the night before. He oh lost my! Both time. Henry has become very divisive. Um, so Henry, get over it. Come on, mm. let's let's play ball. Um, so. So he brought out the fact that the 80% of the revenue from the sports wagering is going to go to a fund to help bring a professional sports team to the Kansas side. Okay. And why would anybody be against that? Especially if they've heard the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs is looking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So why wouldn't we want them? Sure. And if we want them, we're going to need a revenue stream. What better use than sports wagering revenue stream It's a perfect fit. But he made a big deal about it because he didn't know about it. And and so he kind of blew things up last night to the point where it was pretty tough to get our vote. We did get it. We passed it. Uh, it now goes to the Senate. And if the Senate passes it when we get back to veto, then uh, the governor, I can guarantee you, will sign it and we will have sports wagering. Sure. Uh, so it's, a bit, it's really a big deal to the people of our state. Our state wants this. Uh, if, if if you were to do polling, I bet you it'd probably be in the 70 to 80 percent. Oh, yeah. Issue, uh, I, I would think so, yeah. yeah. So you think the governor will sign it then as well? No doubt. Actually, the, uh, the I've been working on this for uh, three months. Started as soon as I got there. Uh, it's been something that's been balled up for about four years. Sure. And it's always been the casinos that have blocked it. They didn't like the way it was going, and they wanted everything their way. Right. Uh, so me being the person I am, I can be pretty hard-nosed. I brought each of the owners of the casinos in set them down and said listen get it done this year or next year we're going to cut you out and we're going to go a different direction mm-hmm. uh it brought them to it, the pr- it made it happen it, yeah it made it, it happen a little bit it we had to do some work but we really got a compromise deal out of it with three of the four casinos uh being proponents of the issue one neutral um you know the one just said we'll keep our mouth shut and let you guys do your thing uh but they would never come out and be a proponent for it uh, but that literally got us to the table to where we could get this done. Then it's just a matter of, of getting people in our own caucuses and stuff to, uh, to support it. It's a bipartisan support, huge support. When it, when it passed out, the first time it passed out was like 88 votes, which is well over two-thirds. Sure. Uh, yesterday was difficult, uh, and it was just because of some of the things that was said, put some doubt in some people. Some people got locked up over this uh, fund. Uh, this 80% of the money going towards bringing a sports team. So sure. 
in the end, we got it. Uh, we just need to get it to pass, uh, pass the Senate, and then we can move on, and, and I think it'll be a great deal. Very interesting. Yeah. I, well, I was not aware of sports teams looking to come here either, too, which is kind of interesting. That would definitely help us. So if this bill does end up passing, what would it look like on where you can gamble, what you can do? Do you have yeah. to do it in the casinos? How would this look? No, it, it, you wouldn't have to do it. So you can. So they'll have both brick and mortar. So each of the casinos, I guarantee you, will have a sports book in their location. Sure. But that's not where the majority of the, the game, uh, the, 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 the wagers are going to be made. It's going to be made on your phone. Okay. Uh, so so it is, be, is it like yeah. DraftKings, that sort of stuff that you'd be yeah, able to but use? Yeah, they'll have their own. Or they, okay. may, or they may use DraftKings or one of those fan duels, whoever it might be. Some of them will have their, have their own. I, I, I'm pretty sure that Penn Gaming has already started building their own. They'll probably be ready to go. Uh, I would imagine. I think. I think that uh, Dodge City is going to use DraftKings. I think they've already got a contract with them. Okay. So, but they will each have up to three apps, and and they can use those however they want to. So, so you'll have brick and mortar. You'll have apps, and then each of the casinos will have the ability to contract with fifty kind of like bar and grills, uh, sports bars. Okay. Or, you know, someplace like Buffalo Wild Wings. But of those 50, 20% of them have to go to uh, VFWs, American Legions, uh, fraternal organizations, so, you know, like um, Elks or something like that. Sure. Uh, so, so that's also going to give them a wider, uh, a wider um, uh, look for their whole system because they're going to be giving those people a chance for a little bit of revenue there too. So sure. It's a good deal. Uh, so each one of them will have 50, so that would be – uh, 200 across the state, and we did not restrict them to any part of the state. They can they can sell uh, or, or have partners throughout the state doing that. So uh, it's going to be a great, great system when it's all said and done. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. So it, ended, it did end up passing last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent majority-ish? No, it was right on the button. Right on the line. Have, yeah, because, we had course. to have 63, and that's what it passed with. Like I said, we had <laughs> one of our problems last night was we had 10 of our members gone. Sure. And when you when that you, makes it difficult. Yeah, yeah, when you have ten of your members gone, it makes it pretty darn tough to get enough votes. Sometimes we were really pushing. It. Sure, I'm glad it passed. Uh, as you mentioned, it's going to go through the Senate. The governor hopefully will sign that. We can actually get that done as well. Well, you guys have been busy. A lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. APRN. Have you heard about that? APRN. It passed yesterday. The nurse practitioner bill that I've worked yes, on for ten that's years. Right. Yes. Ten years. Yesterday it passed. It's I love done. it. You guys, man, you guys are cranking it. We're out of time, my friend Dan Hawkins. Let's get you back on here in another week or two and get another update on some more details as you guys are kind of ramming through the last end of the session. Will do it, Andy. I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, always a pleasure. We love having it. Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, District 100 here in the Wichita area. We appreciate your time. Go get some rest. Go take a nap. Do that. We'll take a break. Bottom of the hour news when we come back right around the corner. Dr. Devin Verana, Lighthouse Chiropractic, Verana Chiropractic with Joey Verana as well. We'll chat with them. The Big Idea event coming up next week. What's going on there? Where you can get some information, how you can attend and partake in this. It's an awesome event. Look forward to that one. We'll talk about that when we come back on Candace Talk right here on KQAM. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Darn right. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour of the show goes by way too fast. The weekend right around the corner here on KQAM. So as you know, Joe Pags not doing the weekend any longer. They've had some guest hosts coming on the last few weeks. I don't know who's on this week, but 
I think they're working on a permanent host for that national broadcast, but we got that right here on KQAM. Also, uh, on over on our sister station, KGSO, we have the basketball tournament, March Madness going on, and my bracket's busted because I just don't care. And uh, I think I chose it based on the color of the jerseys or something. So, uh, yeah, that one, uh, <laughs> my, my bracket's back here, and I think it's gone already. So, we got the final four going on today. Let's see, that broadcast begins at 2.30 over on 1410 AM, 93.9 FM KGSO. You can hear the final four games going on today. Women's championship game tomorrow and the men's championship on Monday. All of it covered right on KGSO. And you can flip over there. We appreciate all of our partners. All right, I want to shift gears talking about events going on. Such a big event going on. Last year was so much fun. I love it and uh, got to go and check it out. I have to go and check it out again this year because this has been such a hot topic. I love the fact that people actually care about ways to make themselves, you know, healthy and vibrant and successful and not be dependent on other people and other ways of doing it. And the holistic health movement has been bigger than I could ever imagine. These guys are putting on such an amazing event. With so many speakers, so many guests, and you can see it next week. But from two different chiropractic offices, Verona Chiropractic, Lighthouse Chiropractic, it's Dr. Devin and Dr. Joey. Verona, how are you guys today? Fantastic. Doing yeah. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good to talk to you guys. Now, the big idea coming up next weekend. This is an annual event. This is what, number year three or four? This is uh, four. Yeah. Four, yep. Yeah. How many people are you expecting this year? You know, we always shoot for the moon and trust the process because I think everybody's lining it up and feeling the squeeze of inflation and travel costs because a lot of our audience comes in mm. from out of town. But usually okay. there's, you know, close to 400, 500 people there. Um, and it's a party. Yeah, it's a party mm-hmm. for those that may not know what this is or may not know what to expect. Uh, give kind of a brief description. What is the big idea? I would love to hear Dr. Joey's explanation. You know, it's two full days of action-packed speakers. It is not like a normal, you know, health conference that you sit down and get talked at. Um, You're up, you're hugging, you're loving, you're um, listening to motivational speakers. And every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes, a new speaker comes on. So if somebody isn't your jam, somebody isn't, you know, vibing with you, Mm -hmm. uh, it switches and there's, there's music in between speakers and we get up on our feet and, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a very uh, it's a lot more fun than you would you would imagine health and wellness and all those things to yeah to be. So yeah, we both in our offices. You know, I mean, the number one thing that brings people in is pain. Sure. Right? And, okay. Um, symptoms or sickness, and you know, we would travel and do all this self development work. And um, Tony Robbins events actually, I think, was the big catalyst that was like we should throw something you know yeah. here that gives our community brings the heavy hitters to Wichita because they don't typically come here. They go to Dallas and Austin and, you know, sometimes Kansas city area. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but I want to bring it to the backyard so that the people that we love and care for, um, could have it right here at home. Sure. Like you mentioned, it is definitely a different, unique thing. It's not just, you know, a a panel of people in white coats up there talking about medical things. I mean, when you see Dr. Billy DeMoss last year, which I have never heard of the guy until he came to your event last year. When you see that type of energy of of a guy running around up there in a tank top that says COVID is a scam, like it was, it blew my mind. It blew my mind that there were people that... Uh, that are that energetically charged and that can show you how to take care of yourself individually and not have to run to the doctor. And with what you guys do with the chiropractic side, 
it's amazing, which, by the way, I need to call you guys because my back has been out for two weeks now, and my lower back's killing me. So that's a conversation we're going to have to have here soon as well. But uh, I never knew until I started listening to you guys and what you guys do, the benefits of not just chiropractic work, but just self-care like that and what you can do to cure a lot of these medical ailments without going and get a prescription. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been all this charge and chaos the last few years about, you know, how you feel about masks or how you feel about shots. And I don't, I think we're fighting about the surface level when really it's the paradigm that we disagree at, you know, that health comes from the inside out instead of the outside in. And, you know, the foundation of chiropractic is that the brain and body, the nervous system controls everything. And when it's tuned up, when you're feeding yourself good foods, when you're moving your body, when you're taking time for prayer or meditation or exercise to limit, you know, stress and anxiety, your system knows how to work. I mean, there's God intelligence inside of you. We grow, you know, from sperm and egg to this walking, talking miracle. And I think we underestimate our own power to heal. We just have to do the work. And so I, our, our mission in life is to help reconnect people to trust their body and to be empowered to do the work, to live the life that's possible. Sure. How true is it? I heard a story a couple of weeks ago of that the vast majority of cancer that individuals could get, or not vast majority, but a lot of the different cancers that people can get are due to uh, stress, due to anxiety, due to stuff that you hold on to yourself that actually self-inflicts that cancer into your body. Is that true? Yeah, 100%. In China, they believe that um, one of the biggest things that causes cancer is um, not letting go of the inability to forgive the or, or suppress yeah. anger really? and fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the work of Dr. Louise Hay, um, if you look at the emotion code, if you look at what science is starting to put into book form, but really what traditional Chinese medicine and these ancient wisdoms has known is, you know, we, our traditional Western model addresses, you know, the physical side, the chemical side of things like cancer, but it doesn't get to the roots of the emotional, the mental, the mm-hmm. spiritual. And we're seeing that, um, yeah, that, that is a huge component that if you go to, you know, God bless cancer center of, of Kansas and all that they do, but they're not talking to you about what's stressing you. the emotional side. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and we're missing a huge piece. And then, um, and yeah, that can be said for cancer, for any chronic illness, really down to, you know, if you get into the emotion code, the body code, that's. There's ties to sciatica, ties to allergies. I mean, we are body, mind, and soul. And so anything going on has physical, chemical, emotional roots. Wow. It it is mind-blowing. Is this becoming more popular? Because when you hear about this stuff, there's so many people that are like, oh, this is like the underground, the woo-woo, kind of the strange stuff. This is a bunch of conspiracy theories. It's not really true. But uh, I got to say, when I went to your event last year, it really blew my mind with the crowd that was there and just so many different people from so many different types of lifestyles. I mean, I'm a political talk show host and I saw 10 different people walking around with Trump hats at the event, Mm -hmm. uh, which was amazing to see. And it it, it honestly surprised me. But I think that this is starting to become more popular because when we don't see issues being taken care of and we see patients as cancer patients instead of finding cures, like, wait a second, maybe there's other ways we could look at this and try something different. Mm -hmm. Have you seen more of a popularity increase in this this mindset? Yeah, people, um, you know, are sick of just being handed a pill for everything that that they walk in with. And And then inadvertently it doesn't fix what was going on anyways or gives them another side effect. And they sense that and they figure that out and pretty soon they start looking for other 
for other answers. And so there's lots of times that, you know, you go into the, you go into your medical doctor and he takes CTs and MRIs and all that stuff to your back, but then doesn't touch your back and doesn't fix it. <laughs> right. It's like, it, and spend, you spend $5,000 and you just get some test tests ran. You're not yeah. really getting the cause of the problem addressed. Yeah. And that's what we do. We address the cause of the problem. So. Yeah, and I think you will you do see it at the big idea. That's one of my favorite things, regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of political affiliation. Fundamentally, people are there for health. They're there for freedom. They're there to be empowered, to tap into hope. And after two years, we, I think everybody's starving for community, starving for hope, starving to stop talking about all the stuff that's wrong and reposition ourselves to focus on what's right and what we can control. And, and it's just an inspiring space to step into. Very much so. How important is diet when yeah. you're trying to do a health kick, when you're trying to actually cleanse, when you're trying to go down this road? And you start being awakened, so to speak, of like, oh, wait, there is stuff I can do. It's everything. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's up there. It's high on the list. You know, moving your body, it all goes together and nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to do a perfect diet. There's varying degrees. It's of, hard. It's it's hard. Yeah. And everybody's different. You know, like we, you have different chemical makeups. You have different needs. You have different seasons. So the pregnant mom needs a different diet than, you know, the the farmer needs a different diet than the young adolescent. So you know, it's it's something you know better than you do better. But you, I I break it down. I tell my patients like when you look at a food or drink, you say, is this going to add life or is it going to siphon life? Is this going to give me energy or is it going to steal it from me? Um, and that's, I mean, Jesus writes about it in the, in the Bible in terms of, you know, the food. Um, and, and it is, we should, this is a holy temple. Our body is a temple. And sure. if you feed it right, it will perform well for you. And if you don't, you will choose to pay the price. Yeah, no, it's very true. Uh, last October, uh, and I told you about this, Devin, when we were, because we worked together with uh, your podcast, your production and stuff, but I, uh, I, I, we went vegan for a month and we did the cleanse and I was so excited. I was like, Devin, I'm trying this. I'm doing this because I always laughed at this stuff and I was like, ah, it doesn't matter. I my Taco Bell on the way home and that's still my vice and I try not to. But when you start going, it's a rabbit hole that you go down, you realize what's being in the food when what you're eating. Oh, what you should do to cleanse and to the point where we went raw plant-based vegan for an entire month, but nothing but just what was coming out of our garden. And I never felt so good in my life. It was amazing. The difference in how you feel just by what, what you're eating, what you're putting in your body. Yeah. If it's alive, yeah. it, you know, it usually gives you life. Yeah. And so those, those yeah. things are, it's all the phytonutrients and all the, all the, the, the great things that are in um, a plant-based diet and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent plant-based, but when you start to even lean that way and just do a salad every day, sure. what that can do for your life over the processed carbs and processed foods at lunch, you just switch one thing yeah. and it can make a huge change in energy and everything else. So yep. some of the documentaries on Netflix kind of scared me as well. So oh, there was man. that. <laughs> oh no, man. And, and you can see how, you know, one will say this and another will say this. And so, you really do have to try for yourself because vegan isn't for everybody. The carnivore diet isn't for everybody, sure. um, but you got to test your own system and lifestyle and see what gives you the most fuel. Yeah. Last question on this, then we'll take a break here real quick and talk about the event. But as well, uh, when it comes to food, I saw a story as well about people should eat based on their blood type. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that? Is that true? Based on like yep. it's 
positive, negative, A, B, O, whatever? Again, over the years, I mean, you've seen keto, you've seen Atkins, you've, I mean, we're honestly, that's why they call it, you know, doctors, they call it practice. Yeah. Because it's practice. We don't know. I mean, and I think we, as we, as, as a culture, we know better than we try to do better. And I don't think that there is one thing that is across the board true, which is why um, conventional approach to health never made sense to me and why it's like, no, not every person's the same. I, I do think there's a lot of support that that is helpful and it's a good place to start, but I think it's all about intention. And if you are paying attention to what you're eating and you're choosing to, you know, what if you're paying attention to what you're putting in your system, that's everything. Sure. Absolutely. Dr. Joey, Dr. Jevin Verona with a lighthouse chiropractic, Verona chiropractic. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get the details of the big idea. What's coming up next weekend, right here in town. Again, if you want to look at health, if you want to look at the natural health, if you want to be able to take your health back into your own hands, then this is the place to do it because there are so many awesome people coming to town and you can get all the details coming up here on where you can get your tickets and how you can partake. We'll do that right around the corner. Plus we'll try and sneak in a phone call or two. If we have some time, wrapping up the show as well. Lots of stuff going on. If you missed it as well, this last week, talking about censorship, I know you've had some censorship issues. Dr. Robert Malone, we had him on the national broadcast just a week ago, and uh, yeah, that was a great conversation. We loved having him. Social media and our podcasting sites didn't like that one too much, so we'll talk about that when we come back as well. All right, here on Candace Talk, here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Welcome to the program. Last segment here on Candace Talk, the Big Talker, KQAM. Make sure to catch us on our national broadcast during the week with the Voice of Reason Live from 4 to 5, your flagship station right here on KQAM as well. We are growing like a weed on there. And hat tip to Opslinge with our live stream on that one, killing it. Because we've talked about this, we were talking a little bit off the air as well with social media and the censorship. It is insane on how little social media actually allows us to get out there with content now. And it's the it's. It allows it to go to the same people over and over, but you're not reaching anybody new, and it's kind of hard to actually do what social media was intended to do. And you guys have been trying to promote this event. I'm sure that's been kind of difficult on there because the social media is not liking what you guys are doing. Not not at all. Um, <laughs> I actually get screenshots from people because the new algorithm on Instagram is actually taking my friends off. Like, if you don't – anyway, it's it's crazy right now. And they're, they're – you know, if they try to tag me in something or if they try and send me a message, they literally ask, are you sure you want to be friends with Devin Barana? Because she spreads misinformation, wow. which is, you know, it's like, they're like, it's what a badge, a badge of honor. That's there, what yeah. I was going to say. You know, it's like I, at the end of the day, it's between me and God and I'll be able to look in my kid's eyes with integrity and say, yeah. we did everything we could in this season to make this world a better place for you. Amen to that. You guys are too, you guys are on the front lines because this has been such a controversial, especially with COVID. I'm sure that this raised awareness and popularity in this conversation as well with COVID. But uh, and I know that was kind of the theme last year. Is that the theme for this year's big idea as well? Honestly, no. Um, no. I told all my speakers that they could reference COVID, but I really don't want to talk about it. I think it's time to, um, you know, not get entangled with 
the news headlines and really focus on what we can control and take responsibility for our health, for our intention, because it's a it's an attention game right now. The news headlines, the Oscars, the Will Smith, the Ukraine, like I know there are real underlying things there and yet it's just distraction at every turn sure and so we really want to buckle down um and focus on the positives and focus on the good stuff i love it talk about it what's uh where is the big idea this year when is it and how can people get some tickets so it's down at the distillery we went down yesterday it is such a cool venue okay. um being in the heart of old town just brings my heart so much joy um and emily at the distillery 244 is amazing um it will be, it starts on Friday. It'll run both Friday and Saturday, nine to about 6.30 um, with a good lunch break. All day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you can come and go. Um, there's a one day ticket option. Tickets are actually buy one, gift one, because um, we had some crazy awesome donors come in and um, we had open, we bigger, bigger space. So you get two for one. Uh, Very cool. Tickets are at www.bigfoot.com the big idea ict.com and um they range anywhere from a hundred dollars to four hundred dollars depending on you know where you want to sit and if you want to do the mastermind but there are functional med docs virology immunology mental health trauma healing we've got someone coming to talk about cryptocurrency because where wow. we spend our dollars right now matters we've got someone coming to talk about making you know putting up your own food forest whether you have a sandbox size in your backyard or if you have an acre to use he's going to talk to us about you know so we're not at the mercy of you know these inflation things yeah. or how to prioritize GMOs. growing and what to do right and just taking responsibility for your home um and what you can be doing to um stay tapped into hope and health so. well you guys are really covering the whole gamut there aren't you yeah. We wanted to diversify because not everybody um, has the same squeeze right now. Sure. Um, and, you know, again, tips and tools that um, really, you know, provides actionable strategies that anybody can walk out and use. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned mental health. That's another uh, genre, another area to where that's been a taboo thing to talk about, I think, for a lot of doctors and for the general public as well. Like, uh, you know, uh, they don't know how to approach something like mental health. So that's an important one, I think, in this conversation. And Dr. Kelly Brogan, who um, we actually have two of the people that were on the disinformation dozen, if you might have heard of that, that when the president came out and said, these 12 people, two of them are actually coming to the big idea, Dr. Kelly Brogan and Kevin Jenkins, um, both talking about mental and emotional health. And um, Dr. Kelly has the book, um, Own Your Mind. And she uh, is really gonna hit that. Both of us have had a lot of young people in our practice. We're very um, motivated to talk about that. I lost a cousin to suicide and mm -hmm. I've got dozens of people in my practice who are really struggling with depression, anxiety, eating disorders. and we got to talk about it yeah. and, and, and how we can support each other. Yeah. A two-day full event, uh, kid-friendly for this one? I would say mature kid. Okay. So 10, 12, up. Every every child's different. But we are going to talk about some you know more adult topics. And um, so in the past where there have been you know the young kids like running around, I think this year we really want to be able to dive deeper so we can go home a better version of ourselves and a better parent. Um, we are going to have an after party so the kids can come dance on Saturday night. But I think during this, we really want to like create space where 
um, adults can do the work. Be able to do the work, yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, this is a big one. I uh, I am so glad you guys are doing this. It's gaining in popularity, as I mentioned before, with with all these doctors, with people wanting to focus on this. And I think COVID really kicked this off for a lot of people of what else can I do? Do I need to actually go out and just run out and get a vaccine? And I know it, you guys talked about that quite a bit last year in the event, but uh, there's so many other things that you can do that we're not talking about in society anymore. So thank you guys for doing this. This is amazing. Uh, I love it. we got just about a minute or so left here. One more time. What's the website for people to get information? www.thebigideaict.com. I love it. Now, are tickets almost sold out? People need to rush out and get them quickly? Uh, I, I would move, yeah. Okay. I mean, we partnered with Health Freedom for Humanity this year. And yes. so, um, you know, they've been really pushing their community to jump in. And so... You know, we actually have some scholarship tickets available. We have, like, again, I want I got to shout out the sponsors and the donors, Health Freedom for Humanity, Love Curate, um, Earthly, Blue Shield, some of these, you know, companies that really put their money where their mouth is at is opening an opportunity for people who can't afford it. So if you are someone that just can't because of finances, please shoot me a message on Facebook because we have tickets reserved for the ones who need it the most. Sure. And as you mentioned, you guys partnering with Health Freedom for Humanity, also Kansans for Health Freedom as well. They've been really involved with what you yep. guys have been doing as well, yep. haven't they? Yeah, we love both of those organizations. We need it, right? there. I mean, there's so much work to be done on the government side of things, and Kansans for Health Freedom does an amazing job. Yeah, well, and I know you guys, and Joey, I know that you guys, uh, when the COVID stuff, the lockdown started happening here in town, you guys were some of the first ones to go to the county commission and start fighting this, weren't you? Yeah, we went down there with American flags waving and strapped them on and went down there and tried to pull a filibuster at one of their things and had them tied up for eight hours. And uh, yeah, it's uh, rocking it. There's just nothing more important right now than than living your truth and speaking out. So yeah. amen to that. I love you guys to death. What you guys are doing is absolutely crucial, absolutely important. It's so much fun to see this type of message going out there. So thank you for it. And the big idea, ICT.com is the website. Go and get some tickets, get information. Coming up next Friday and Saturday, right around the corner. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys you already. Andy. Appreciate thank you. Andy. You betcha. Always a pleasure. That is for us today. Podcast for the show up in a little bit here. We're back at it on Monday as well with the Voice of Reason. Next Saturday, Candace Talk. We are in our break with the legislative session, so we'll get some of the legislators on to kind of recap what's gone on the last couple of weeks and that big fiasco that happened last night with the sports gambling bill. We'll get some more thoughts on that one. Also, we want to hear from you as well as we have some more fun with some of the events. Now that it's summertime and it's springtime, events are coming to town. Obviously, with this one, with the medical event, we have concerts and shows. We'll stay on top of that to let you know what's happening. I'm getting my mosh pit on in a couple of weeks again. It's going to be great. Until then, we'll see you guys on the radio next weekend. This is Candace Talk here on The Big Talker KQAM, presented by Phil's Coins. 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. Also online at philscoins.com. We appreciate them. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.